It's Wednesday, April 6, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, just two days until you're at Citizens Bank Park for the opening day 2022. Phil's have some new looks. Uh, it's also prediction night for us. That should be a lot of fun. The Eagles pull off a bit of a blockbuster trade. It seems a little out of place to me. We will certainly discuss that. Sixers are sitting in fourth place in the East after last night's win. Uh, just three regular season games left for the Sixers, Chet. Flyers playing out the string with a bunch of youngsters getting a look. And uh, we will discuss the Keith Yandel situation for those people that aren't aware of that. And the Villanova Wildcats. They ran out of gas in the Final Four, losing the national champion, eventual national championship to Kansas Jayhawks. And by the way, Chet, Fran Dunphy is again a head coach in the Big Five at LaSalle. Yeah, how about that? Um, a shame we have nothing to talk about, Bill. You know, just <laughs> it, there's always something here in the Philly sports scene. And you didn't mention this, Bill. It is New Beers Eve. That's right. New Beers Eve. It was on this date in <laughs> 1933. It is. 1933 on this date. People lined up around the blocks of their favorite bars and pubs as they prepared to imbibe again legal brews for the first time in 13 years because that's when prohibition ended uh the next day april 7th so i'll be sure to do my part for new beer's eve and national beer day tomorrow well the way those sinuses sounds it sounds like you've already been practicing for about a week i actually haven't had a beer since saturday which could be a new record for me by the way but we're gonna maybe break the, that tonight maybe that's why the sinuses are acting up. <laughs> yeah well, really. hey, we have a couple great guests tonight to cover it all in 3013 football writer paul domowich we've had domo several times before and Tyrone Johnson of 97.5, the Fanatic in Sixers Outsiders. They'll both be joining us, and they're they're both experts in their field, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Domo with a new gig, as you mentioned, a new gig since we last talked to him six and a half months ago. Lots of football talk with him, and then Tyrone is back with us for the first time in quite a while to talk not only Sixers, but yeah, he's going to help us preview the Phillies 2022 season. And I got to tell you, Bill, I'm getting excited about this baseball team and this season and yes, if all goes well, I will be there on Friday. Uh, I knew you would be excited. You're you're always a, a high hopes guy for sure. And uh, hopefully they've made some moves. We're going to talk about it. And uh, hopefully they got some of the, the right guys. But hey, let's get to it. Let's welcome 33rd team football writer Paul Domowicz back to Philly Press Box Radio. Domo, welcome. How's the new gig? Good, good. Thanks for asking. Um, all right. Been enjoying it, yeah. Yeah, Domo, we haven't talked to you since last September when you were newly retired, so to speak, from the Inquirer, as well as enjoying your relatively new status as a grandfather. But uh, in recent months, you have been busy back on the football beat. And before we talk about the Eagles, tell our viewers and listeners about the 33rd team and where Joe Banner fits in with all of that. Well, it was, apparently, it was, I mean, it was founded uh, a year or two ago by uh, Joe and, and Mike Tannenbaum, the former New York Jets and Miami Dolphins uh, uh, general manager. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a kind of an inside football type of website. Uh, they've got, you know, just an endless amount of uh, analytics and information and breakdowns and 
Uh, they've got access to, you know, I mean, they have a weekly think tank call with about, that uh, was earlier today with about 60 people, former wow. general managers, former coaches, uh, former scouts. Uh, it, there's just, a, it, it's a great website. I, I recommend it to, uh, to anybody who likes football. Yeah. Good deal. Well, Damo, let's get right to it. Uh, the, the Eagles pull off a huge trade. I guess I would call it a blockbuster trade, but it seemed, I said in the opening, seems a little out of place to me. That kind of seems like that was like a, a draft day trade, not a weeks ahead of draft day trade. What do you think? I think you're probably right. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, this, it wasn't a surprise that they were going to try to move one of their picks uh, forward because of Jalen Hurts. Uh, but you would have thought they would have waited a little bit long uh, so that they could get the best possible deal. I, I, I think they just felt this deal was good. They're dealing with a team in New Orleans that's got, I think I checked, the seventh hardest strength of schedule in the uh, NFL this season. So the chances of them, you know, being a, a team that's going to have a top 10 pick next year are pretty decent. Uh, so – you know, I, I think they just thought it was a, it was a compatible move. Plus, they've got they ended up getting a second round pick, I believe, in twenty twenty four as part of the deal. Uh, and a first round which, next next. Yeah, round. I mean, that's kind of a you know that, that was an added perk. So, and 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 again, this this is all about Jalen Hurts. This is the Jalen Hurts uh, insurance policy in the event that he does not end up being the guy they are hoping and still believing he can be, but. You know, no one's going to know for sure until we see what happens this season. Yeah, and that's what it is, I think, is uh, insurance, just in case Jalen Hurts isn't the franchise quarterback. And there's nobody, as far as quarterbacks, that is a sure thing this year, from what a lot of people say and from what you guys at the 33rd team have indicated. But next year's quarterback class does look to be a lot better, does it not? It does. Uh, very good. I mean, you start with Bryce Young, the you know, the kid from Alabama, you got CJ Stroud from Ohio State. I mean, there are, you know, right now there could be five, six first round caliber quarterbacks in next year's draft. So, you know, that clearly was was impetus in in what the, the Eagles whole plan here, not going after a quarterback in free agency uh, and doing that, you know, and, and realizing there wasn't much in this draft quarterback wise other than Kenny Pickett and, and uh, Malik Willis, who were, you know, I mean, Kenny Pickett, people are hot and cold on him. Malik Willis is basically a, a very talented kid, uh, but, a, but a project. So, um, you know, they're trying to cover their bases here and make sure that they get out of at least the next draft with a quarterback of the future. I mean, I still think that, that Jalen Hurts has a lot of upside, is going to improve this year. And if that's the case, you know, they're, then they're still sitting pretty because they have their, they'll have their quarterback and they'll have two – uh, first-round picks in next year's draft. Well, Paul, do you think that uh, these teams get uh, – what's the right word? I don't know if desperate's the right word when it comes to a quarterback. I, I've seen Kenny pick it up in, in these mock drafts, up as, five, uh, as high as five or six. Uh, I'm not sure he's that kind of talent, but does somebody that needs a quarterback say, we'll go ahead and take the stretch on that and, and use that real high pick uh, just because they get nervous, they don't want to miss? Yeah, I mean, you can go back, Bill, and look at uh, tons of drafts previously and see how quarterbacks get pushed up every year because of the yeah. – I mean, it's a quarterback-driven league, and, and 
and teams know they need a quarterback and 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 they end up going with wishful thinking uh, as they get closer to the draft and hoping a guy will be better than he probably is and that's why there's you know I mean the hit rate on quarterbacks is not great first round second round I mean but even in the first it's a you're looking at 50-50 proposition here so the Eagles this year, as it stands right now at least, have two remaining first-round picks, numbers 15 and 18 now. Uh, what are the key needs that, assuming they keep those picks, that they will address in the first round? Is it still the secondary? Is it the D-line? I still think they need D-line help, guys. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they added Hassan Reddick, and that, that was a great pickup. Uh, he's versatile. He can, besides being a rusher, they can also use him as an off-ball linebacker. Uh, but, but, you know, Brandon Graham's got one more year left. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Josh Sweat's still, you know, the jury's still out on whether he can be an every down uh, edge rusher. So, I mean, I think that's an area they still need to look at. Um, what we could see them do this year, I mean, there are a couple of defensive tackles that are really impressive, including that kid from Georgia that ran a 4.73 at the, at the combine at 341 pounds. Mm -hmm. uh, I would not put it past them to, to, I mean, they need defensive tackle help because we don't know what, you know, this is probably Fletcher Cox's last year in Philadelphia, but they can, you know, they can bring in a guy like uh, the, the Georgia kid, play him attack and, and move Fletcher Cox outside. So there's, a, you know, I, I think that's, I, but I definitely think they'll go with a defensive lineman with one of these picks because that position, those positions are so deep after that, you know, you're still looking at wide receiver uh, they need a they need another wide receiver, so that's a possibility. Uh, and cornerback and safety, I probably not safety because you know Kyle Hamilton's going to go early, and I'm not sure there's another one worthy in the first round. But uh, cornerback certainly is is something they still need. Well, it's funny you said that because one of the guys I was going to ask you about was a safety. Uh, they seems to be flying up the boards that, that I've been looking at. Lewis Klein out of Georgia. 6'2", 199, safety with a Bryant Dawkins-type hitting capabilities. That's that's a, that's a heavy, uh, heavy place to put a kid. But uh, do you see him? I see him in a lot of places that the Eagles are interested in him at, at 15. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anything's possible. Uh, I'd be surprised if they took a safety in the first round. But it's a it's clearly a position of need. They've got to, they've got to improve that secondary, both at safety and corner. Um so, you know, depend, I, I don't know what their thoughts are on Klein. I don't know how high they, they feel, they think about him, how, how they, you know, we, Gannon's defense obviously seems to value safeties a little bit more than, than some. He can move them around, use them in different ways, and Klein's got some versatility. Uh, the, the hitting, you know, with a safety in today's game, you know, I mean, Brian Dawkins would be uh, playing with his hands behind his back uh, <laughs> everything, you know, pretty much 90% of the tackles he made are illegal, but uh, yeah, yeah. right. Right. No. Uh, but they, I mean, it's a position of need. I just, you know, looking at their past with, with, with Roseman, I mean, they favor, they usually favor the line. Uh, and as we've seen, they're going to, they're going to apparently continue to draft wide receivers until they get it right. So uh, I, that's why I think that's still a possibility. There's, there's a bunch in the first round that probably will be there for them. Uh, you know, Chris Olave from uh, Ohio State, the kid from, you know, the in intriguing wide receiver is a kid from uh, Alabama that uh, tore his ACL. Uh, it might have been the best 
wide receiver in this draft yeah. uh, towards ACL in the national championship game. Well, you know, I mean, we've seen how he gamble on kids coming off major injuries before. Would he be willing to do it again? I mean, you know, in, in, in today's with today's sports medicine, I mean, ACL is repairable and you're back to normal usually in a year or two. So uh, would he risk it? I don't know. Uh, but it's again, besides Devontae Smith, they've got to find somebody to go with him. A lot of fans were disappointed by what the Eagles had done in March in terms of free agency. You mentioned Hassan Reddick, a good signing, but they also got slot receiver Zach Pascal and former Chargers linebacker, I guess who could also play safety a little bit, Kaiser White. Uh, what do you like about those two guys, Pascal and White? I don't like much about Pascal. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think, honestly, I think Greg Ward is better than him. Wow. Uh, just doesn't have the size that Pascal has. You know, he, he might help them a little bit more in the red zone, but you know, I didn't think they gave Ward a shot last year. When they did, he, he basically caught touchdown passes for him. Uh, you know, he's he's just a kid that's doesn't everybody every coach that he's played for seems to look at him and and not believe he can he can do the job. And then he goes in there and does the job. Uh, so but uh, so I but so I think they're you know, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with the slot. I don't think either one. I don't think if they don't believe in Greg Ward. You know, I, I know that he's from uh, he's that, that Nick's familiar with with Pascal, but um, you know, I I didn't see anything in the way he played in Indianapolis to make me believe he's going to make a difference here. So, uh, as far as White, I think that was a good pickup. You know, okay. it's uh, they need linebacker help. Kid's got some. You know, he's he's fairly he's young. He's he's he's, he's fast. Uh, you know, I think he'll. He, it's better than the, the you know the guys they picked up last year when they went after guys like Eric Wilson, uh, you know who was over the hill and, and people like that. So uh, I think that improves the linebacker position. Hey Paul, you mentioned about how he liked to build from the trenches. Another guy I wanted to ask you about because he popped up on several of these mock drafts too, and it was going with an offensive lineman at at that second first round pick, Zion Johnson. 6'3", 312 out of Boston College, supposedly the top guard in the draft, and that if he was on the board, the Eagles would jump on him. Yeah, uh, could be. I mean, I, there's a couple of offensive linemen I think they might have interest in. I, I, you know, it's just they seem to be – I mean, it's just not a pressing need, but it's always a, a, an area that they feel you can't have enough of. Uh, you know, they have to – I mean, they have to anticipate here – that you know that Kelsey's probably going to retire after one more year. Uh, Lane Johnson's at the tail end of his career, still playing well, but I mean he's what thirty two right now. So I mean you don't know one more year, two more years. Does he stay around three more years? So they got to start planning for that. Uh, you know Zion Johnson's a an outstanding player. He's got versatility. I mean another kid uh, offensive line wise is that. Uh, the center, uh, uh, whose name escapes me right now, Tyler. Uh, uh, he's a he's a first round pick, uh, another first round guy. That I mean, you know, if they if they want to look for a direct replacement for Kelsey next year, uh, that's a possibility. Well, regarding the draft, who does go number one overall to Jacksonville? And as I put up this graphic of the 33rd team's list of the top 10 draft prospects, not a mock draft, but just some of the top prospects, who are the can't-miss guys in the top half of round one? Well, I think, uh, you know, Hutchinson 
probably is going to be the, the first guy gone uh, to, to Jacksonville. Um, you know, uh, outstanding player at Michigan, productive last year. Uh, you know, not a not a speed guy, not a quick twitch guy, but just going to run right through you. And, you know, I mean, I think uh, at one point there was talk about, you know, it being between him and Kayvon Thibodeau. Thibodeau, you know, the Oregon edge rusher has kind of fallen a little bit in people's minds, um, more so over things off the field. I mean, nothing character-wise, but, you know, the inter- some, of, some of the interviews he had with with teams kind of left them uh, wondering where his head was. Uh, you know, you watch some of his tape. You know, he takes some plays off. So, I mean, Thibodeau is going to be a top-10 pick as well. I think there are going to be three edge rushers going in the top uh, 10, but I don't think, you know, he's going to give Hutchinson a, a run for his money at number one. I think if anybody is going to give Hutchinson a run for its money at one, it's the, uh, you know, the two offensive linemen, uh, Evan Neal and uh, help me out here, guys. Lind- Linderbaum, the center, no, Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. Linderbaum's the center I was referring to earlier. Um I don't have my list in front of me. Hang on. from NC State. I thought you had all these memorized, Paul. Yeah. (laughs) You get them memorized so much that they – I know. uh, But Evan Evan Neal is a a can't-miss player. Uh, Oh, the kid from North Carolina State, the big uh, guy, Ikem Equano. Both of those are are guys that are expected to go in the top five, maybe one, depending on – yeah, I mean, there's no telling what Jacksonville will do. They've got plenty of needs. So those are the guys that I think are, are, are can't miss guys. A couple of the wide receivers, the cornerback, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner also probably is going to go pretty high and is considered a can't miss guy. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the Eagles are picking in that gray area. I mean, even though they've got two picks there in the middle of the first round, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of – the teams in front of you. So, I mean, there's usually typically 10, nine or 10 can't miss guys in a draft, or at least theoretically. Uh, and they're going to be gone by the time they get to the Eagles. So, you know, the Eagles have to, you know, the Eagles are going to, are probably in the process of grouping, you know, five, six players that they, be, that they like, that they, be, you know, believe could be there at 15, could be there at, at 18. And then you know, then when when that time when they're on the clock, then they'll make their decision. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm sure they hope some of those guys will fall through the cracks, maybe make it to them. Somebody like, yeah, Thibodeau. I I, I don't see that happening. But you know, that's the, the game you play on draft day. Yeah, for for the local folks, uh, where do you see Jahan Dotson going out of Penn State, wide receiver for Penn State? You think he can make the first round? Great college player. Yeah, either back into the first round or early in the second, I think, Bill. Uh, you know, I mean, there could be six, maybe seven wide receivers going in the first round. Depends on when that run starts. Um, it could start right around, you know, with off- with both. I mean, the offensive linemen are going to get pushed up and go early. Uh, and same thing with the edge rushers. At some point, there will be a run on the wide receivers, and that will impact uh, Dotson. I mean, but I think he's got to – He's got a shot at being a guy that goes in the back end of this uh, first round. So, Paul, the Eagles won nine games last year. They earned the seventh and final playoff berth, of course. But with the draft yet to come, the over-under for next season, from what I saw, is just eight and a half. 
Uh, I know we still have to see what the draft uh, brings, but at this point, do you go over eight and a half? Uh, yeah. You know why? A, they're playing in, in the NFC East. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, their, their strength of schedule uh, is the third easiest. I mean, they've got the third easiest schedule in the league this year if you go by wins and losses. Uh, the other two teams below them that, that have easier schedules also are both in the NFC East, which tells you all you need to <laughs> wow. know about the NFC East. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be better in Nick's second year. Um, it's, again, just like last year, a lot is going to depend on, on what we get from Jalen Hurts. I mean, it was up and down this year when he was good. He was, you know, yep. you, you can't underscore what he meant to them as a runner. Uh, you know, they finished fourth in the league in, in third down efficiency. And he was horrible as a third down passer. But hmm. he was he led the league in, 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 in third down runs for first downs. So uh, but he has to improve as a passer. If he can do that, if they can find a way to, to, to you know, he's improved it in in. Everywhere he's been, you know, from Alabama to Oklahoma to here, every year he's gotten better. Uh, so there's no reason to not believe that will happen again this year. The question is, when does that improvement stop? Where's where's the ceiling with this kid? You know, last year it was clear that he still needs to improve his accuracy and his anticipation. Um, you know, sometimes guys never learn that. Sometimes it's just those are – aspects of quarterbacking that they never get. And those are the guys that are out of the league in, you know, fairly short time. Uh, you know, I think Jalen's always going to have a job for a, a, a long time because of, because of his running ability as far as a, a backup. But if he can, whether he can be a franchise quarterback is going to depend on his development as a passer this year. He spent the last several weeks out in South Carolina, uh, Southern California, working with a quarterback's coach on his mechanics, things like that, that he really needs to, to get straight. Um, you know, he'll, he'll finally get a chance to be able to work with the uh, Eagles coaching staff uh, later this month. I mean, it's, it's so restrictive now. It, it really hurts guys like him who could use more time with the coaching staff and, and who can use more time on the field. But, you know, I mean, the, the players association, you know, what, one of the things for all the things they've given up in contract negotiations, what they got back was basically an off season where, you know, you've got 10 OTAs now and very limited, uh, you know, you don't, you can't talk to these guys about football until, uh, until April. So. Mm -hmm. Well, the good news, the, the good news and the bad news with Hertz to me, me is he's 23 years old yeah it's good and it's bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> but for a young guy he's he's because of the fact that he got four games in as a rookie and 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 what 15 last year so he's got a lot of experience uh, i think he's going to get better i mean i just and i you know the one plus about this guy i mean i've never seen a team rally around a quarterback that quickly i mean he's just a natural leader um, and I think that's that helps him uh, because it, it makes the people around him play better for him. So, but I mean, he's going to have to improve as well. Absolutely. Well, hey, Paul, before we let you go, uh, let the viewers know again how they can find you, all your new social media stuff, everything you have going on, so they can follow you throughout the draft and the season. Yeah, go to you can go to it's called the thirty third team dot com. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I. 
they pretty much let me write whatever I want. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I can't give you a schedule, but, uh, you know, right now, uh, I, you know, when I was with the Inquirer last year, I did a draft series with uh, Ben Fennell and before that Mike Mayock that ran, you know, breaking down every position and, and, and Ben and I are doing, are doing that now. We've got, I think yep. we've had five parts of the series in. So, you know, anybody that's uh, really a big draft, Nick, uh, turn to it for that. And, uh, you know, you can also catch me on Twitter at, at, uh, All right. Well, Paul, we appreciate you taking the time to join us and, uh, good stuff. And hopefully we can do it again. Thanks for having me guys. Take care. All Thanks, right. Paul. Thanks. All right, Chet. Good stuff. Uh, but you know what? I know you've been out too much. Gas prices are up. Uh, Miss Linda's saying you need to get home and get to the couch a little bit more because um, your couch really needs to get more mileage than your car. <laughs> yeah, all true, Bill. All of that is true. And all states pay as you go auto insurance is what we're talking about. It puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that guy would be Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less. Hi, this is Ray Dinger, and it is always fun to talk sports with these two guys, Bill and Chad, on Philly Press Box Radio. And you too, Ray Diddy. Well, hey, Chet, before uh, we only have a couple minutes, we're going to have Tyrone Johnson join us to talk Sixers. So, but I want to talk about the Flyers and this Keith Yandel thing. And if we get uh, if we get Ty on before we're through, we'll, I want to ask him about this as well if we're, if we're still going on. Uh, for those that don't know, the Flyers have pretty much uh, mailed in the season. They're playing all their youngsters. Um, they sat Keith Yandel, who is the all-time NHL Ironman, with 908 this year, um, they made him a healthy scratch uh, the other night. And um, what say you about that? Look, I've gone back and forth on this one, Bill, since it happened on Saturday. I mean, look, Yandel stinks, okay? Let's put that out there right away. He's not playing well. He is a minus 39 this season, by far the worst on the team. Minus 39, Bill. He's not going to be back with... Uh, the team next season. So to that end, it's not a crime in my mind that the Flyers decided to sit him. On the other hand, I know you could say, well, the Flyers also stink. So they should maybe have just let him go another 11 games to at least hit a thousand before they sit him. And then the season is over. You know, it's, it's such an inconsequential thing at this point. It doesn't really matter either way, but I guess they could have let it go to at least a thousand before they sat him. It would have been the nice thing to do, but for me, Bill Yandel stinks and the flyers stink. So I don't really care. Well, I, I won't <laughs> disagree with much of that, but I think they should have let him play. I think they should have let him get the thousand. They knew when they signed him that this streak was going to happen. Yeah. Um, how many times do you think in 989 games, not all with the flyers, obviously he went to battle uh, banged up, injured, uh, whatever, sick, everything that happens over a long career. And he came to work every night. 
He came to work every night with the Flyers as well, whether it was good work or not. They're not very good, so you can't say that it's all on him. But I think uh, I, I think they should have let him play it out. They they're they're not going to learn enough about rotating rookies over the last 10, 11, 12 games of the season that would have made a whole lot of difference. And as uh, uh, what's his name said after the game, the, the Flyers acting captain, I guess he is, um, you know, he wasn't happy about it. The, the hockey players aren't happy about it. Who is and, the acting captain now? By uh, the way? I'm trying to think of the guy, uh, the guy whose brother passed away, uh, the beer guy. Oh, Kevin Hayes. Kevin, Kevin Hayes. Kevin yeah, Hayes, yeah. I, my mind went blank on the Flyers. Um, you know, he he spoke. He wasn't happy about it. Jeremy Roenick spoke on national uh, about it. He just thinks it's a bad move. It's bad for players to see how the organization treated Yandel. Um, I just think it really didn't make that much difference. So let it go. Let him play. Um, but you know, they chose not to. And, uh, if there's a consequence to that, then so be the consequence. They'll have to pay it. Yeah. Um, we'll miss you, Keith. Thanks for all the great memories this season. <laughs> That's right. Because <laughs> said no one ever, because you're now going to be a healthy scratch the whole rest of the season. So your, your nine eighty nine is stuck there. Same thing with Claude Giroux. They gave him, of course he, you know, he was Brown forever, but they gave right. him his thousandth game. They did, which is uh, nice. I mean, he deserves it. They should have done as well. Yes. So I would have done just the same, although uh, Yandel certainly doesn't have the Philly cred or Flyer cred that, that Giroux had, for sure. Well, since you made me talk about the Flyers, Bill, we can at least do this. We can once again say congratulations and yeah. best wishes and Oh, man, this is going to be so much fun for you this weekend. Our pal Lou Nolan will be honored before Saturday night's home game because it's his 50th year behind the PA mic for the Flyers. I reached out to him today. He's looking forward to it. He said thanks for having him on with us again a couple of weeks back. Lou is always great, and uh, I'll definitely be tuning in for this one, Bill, because Lou is the best. So way to go, Lou Nolan. Yeah, and, and I think uh, Lou told us they were actually going to delay the start of the game. So they're going to they're going to do that um, presentation right probably at seven o'clock and let it run till seven twenty seven thirty whenever they get done and start the game late, which means it'll be on TV pretty much everywhere. You won't have to be tuned into the to the pregame show to watch that. Nice. So yeah, we we uh we want nothing but the best for Lou and hope that he's there for another you know ten or twenty years. What the heck? That's right. All right, uh, we're still waiting on Ty, so let's go ahead, Chet, and take a break and give a shout-out to all our friends at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Always something new, including the full coverage of the NFL draft. Uh, check out this week's lineup. Talking uh, Broad Street Bully Podcast, talking Flyers. Monday Mailbag with Joey Sharon Podcast is hilarious on Monday. It's just Joey talking off the cuff and uh, having a good time. Uh, Rob Ellis was with uh, Talking Philly Sports with Matty B last night. They're all available uh, to, to watch on EOP Sports. Full-time Philly with Eric Williamson is a new podcast as well. Tyrone and Paul Damo tonight with us. Big Al and Joe tonight later on at 9.30 live on 4 for 4. Thursday, get processed. The uh, Sixers post-game reaction on Thursday night after the game. And Saturday morning, Patterson Avenue Fanatics breakfast with the boys uh, that's always a lot of fun, too. So get your coffee and donuts ready for that one. But, Chet, uh, give us a little more insight on what's going on with the draft at the Edge of Philly Sports. 
Well, you know what, Bill, before I, I do that, I want to mention also that we have a, a new sponsor for uh, the month of April because we're doing all this draft coverage at Edge of Philly. And it is these guys, attorneys. You can always use a good attorney, Bill. David R. Cherry and Company. It is the Cherry Firm. And you get all the information at their website. So uh, check those guys out. And as far as the draft, Bill, well, we got quite a lineup. We're doing articles every single day on some of the top prospects. In addition, we'll be doing live shows later in the month. Um, the 28th, 29th, and 30th. Draft night number one. So that's round one. Thursday, the 28th, the guys will be at the Delco Cup. That is on Baltimore Pike in Springfield. And then the next night for round two and round three, I'll be there. Hey, that's Marty McStews, I believe. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I can't Marty, see. Marty McGee's, I believe. McGee's, that's it, because I couldn't yeah. see the top half. Marty McGee's, yeah, I will be there Friday night. That's in Prospect Park. Marty McGee's, my first time there, and I'm sorry I got the name wrong. I will make it up to you guys. And then Saturday, March 30th, uh, all afternoon, the boys will be at the Red Lantern. We've been there a couple of times. The Red Lantern on West Oak Lane in Glen Olden for the final day of draft coverage. So that is going to be a whole lot of fun, Bill. Wall-to-wall coverage of the NFL draft this month by the gang at Edge of Philly Sports. Yeah, and and as you mentioned, the articles are being put out already on these draft picks, little thumbnail articles that we're all participating in writing. Uh, you can check them out on all the Edge of Philly Sports pages. You can also check them on our Philly Press Box radio Facebook page as well. Uh, we're all sharing them to each other's pages. So, uh, you know, uh, check them all out and see what you learn. And once uh, once the Eagles make their picks, there will also be a, another updated thumbnail come out on that individual being picked by the birds in each of the rounds. So uh, we'll be with you throughout, not only live coverage, but also uh, internet coverage as well to get those thumbnails out for everybody to learn about the new birds after the draft. By the way, Tyrone tells me he is having Wi-Fi issues in trying to connect with us. So uh, if he's able to join us, that'd be great. If not, we will carry on without Tyrone. You want to talk right. a little NBA in the meantime, Bill? Absolutely, uh, because I wanted—I have one big question that I wanted to throw at you, Chet, and at Tyrone. So I'll just go ahead and I'll run it out there. Last night, the Sixers win. It was Joel's big, another big night for him, 45 points. Um, James Harden with a pile of assists, not a lot of shots taken, not a lot of points. Tyrese Maxey with a lot of points. Is this what the Flyers need to be the combination uh, to to make a run? Or does, does Harden need to be a big scorer? Big question for me. No, the Sixers can do what they did last night and I think have a lot of success. You see, I got the Maxey jersey on tonight because he is just developing. He's becoming a great superstar, not maybe superstar that's rushing it, but he's becoming a scorer. And boy, can he shoot threes? I saw a graphic today. He's shooting something like 49% from threes uh, since the All-Star break. He's shooting 65% overall from the field since the All-Star break. And he set a record last night with eight threes, eight of 11. You're not going to do that every night, but 
man, yeah, I'm happy with what happened last night. Embiid going off like he does every game. Harden setting up these guys. They don't need Harden to be scoring 30, 35 points like he did five years ago. He's not the same player. So if he's going to dish out the assists, I'm fine with that. So, yeah, that, that was a great recipe. They were up by 26 at one point last night. Um, the other guys made it a little close early in the fourth quarter, but then the Sixers still won comfortably. And now they go into the final three games right there. If I put up the standings, you'll see that uh, it is very, very tight in the top half of the NBA Eastern Conference standings. I got so many graphics here. It's tough to find everything. <laughs> but there you go. Look at that. A three-way tie for second. The Sixers are actually in fourth, though, because of the tiebreakers, because uh, I think they're two and two against the Celtics, but the Bucks won the season series. So right now they're in fourth place. And, Bill, this is bad news. You know why this is bad news? Because right now they could end up playing the Raptors in the postseason. The Raptors were in Toronto. And mm -hmm. we just found out today that Matisse Thibel apparently is a non-vaccinated 76er and would not be allowed to play in Toronto. He won't be there Thursday night when they play them. And if they play in the playoffs, he wouldn't be able to play in any of the road games in Toronto. So that ain't good. Now, is he the only one or the only one we yeah. know about? He's the only, well, he's the only one that they said was unable to play tomorrow night because of uh, the rules. So, yeah, it sounds like he's the only non-vaccinated guy. Gotcha. So. Well, throw the standings back up a second because what I want to ask you, Chet, uh, are you concerned about the matchups? Who, who would you like to see in this first round? Um, who scares you out of this bunch? Well, you're certainly not going to play the Heat or the Celtics because they're in the top half, just like you are. You don't want to play the Nets. So the Nets could still get seventh or eighth. So it's better that the Sixers don't get the first or second seed. And they're not going to get the first, obviously. Uh, Toronto doesn't scare me, although it would be a concern if you had to play up there without Thibel, who's your, one of your best defensive players. The Bulls don't scare me. The Cavaliers could win a game or two, but they're not going to upset you. So I don't want to play the Nets, and nobody else in that bottom tier scares me. Uh, you just wait for the Nets to catch fire because, you know, they still have uh, a guy named Kevin Durant. So yeah, they, have some, star, they have some star power, that's for sure. Yeah, and Kyrie. Yeah, well, and, and now that they've lifted the rules in New York, I guess he Kyrie's back, yeah. in, back in business every night. So yep. that'd be interesting. Okay, now I'm going to take you another round. Who you want to see in the second round or who don't you want to see? Because now you're getting into that top group. Uh, I, I am bothered, and, and you know this because we've talked about it every week, why they don't put their full squad out there against Miami. I just have not been able to figure that out. You've blown it off as kind of just days off, but I don't, you, you know, here you are. You might have to line up against these guys in a seven-game series. You better be able to beat them. Yeah, I, I'm I look, listen, any any of these series could go either way. I think they could beat any of those teams. They could lose to any of these teams in the second round. And if they do lose to one of the lesser teams in the second round, it might be the end of Doc Rivers. We're already hearing rumors that he's a candidate for the Lakers job, and I think another one today was mentioned. And that might not be the worst thing in the world, to be honest. So <laughs> I'll, I'll help you pack, Doc. You know, Fran Dunphy's already got a job, so he's not available. And speaking of Docs, how about Dr. J when asked saying he thinks Jokic deserves the MVP over Embiid, although he's allegedly rooting for his guy, Joel, he thinks Jokic deserves it. I don't know if he truly believes that, but 
you don't say that. That's that's sixer on sixer crime, Bill. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> hey, Doc Doc commits no crimes. Doc Doctor J, that is not yeah, yeah. the other Doc. I, I can't have that though. Well, I tell you the one the other team that scares me, Chet. That's Giannis. Giannis himself can just carry a team. So can Joel. Um, oh yeah. But I, I think if those two go head to head. The Bucks seem to fare pretty well against the Sixers when uh, when they play. Well, they're the defending champions for a reason. So, yeah, you'd rather avoid them too. But, you know, the Bucks are going to win their first-round series and probably have to play the Sixers in either the second round or the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm just hoping at this point the Sixers get to the Eastern Conference Finals so we have something to you know, watch in late May, mid-May. Uh -huh. And and I was going to ask Ty this, uh, Chet, as my last question, of course. How far did he think the Sixers were going to go? Uh, how far do you think the Sixers are going to go? Not with I, your rooting heart, but with your basketball eyes. I think they're going to win two rounds and finally, finally get to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in many, many years. And sadly, I think they're going to lose that. Uh, the conference finals and cost me some money, unfortunately. Hmm. Well, I hope you're. I hope you're part right. I hope you're wrong at the end. Not losing money. I don't care about your money. Right. That's if if you lose money, you'd be drink probably having a beer for that anyway. So I'm not worried hey, about that. One thing that concerns me, and I was going to ask Tyrone about this if we were able to get him. It looks like we're not going to. Uh, he's concerned about this, and so am I. Look, we knew they had to give up Andre Drummond to make the Harden deal, but man, when Embiid is out of the game. They are a totally different team. Another reason Embiid is so damn valuable. When he's gone for those eight or ten minutes, I mean, DeAndre Jordan has been like a turnstile. Uh, teams are shooting something like 73% in the paint when Jordan is in there as opposed to Embiid. And yet, Doc Rivers doesn't seem to want to give Paul Reed or Massey or any of these other guys a shot. Uh, Paul Massey is shot uh but paul reed's the young guy who i think just he can't do any worse than deandre jordan give him those eight to ten minutes let him see what he can do yeah i, I you know and you mentioned you you mentioned doc Rivers several times uh, you know i i just don't want it to get down to a series that's coming down to the wire because i'm not sure he's the coach that can win you a game um I just don't I don't I never see his rotations of being very good and I just don't know. I, I just don't want the want the series to be in his hands any more than being the ref's hands. Yeah, I hear you. Uh I mean he's one of the top ten coaches of all time in terms of number of wins, but yeah. he's not one of the top ten coaches of all time. Yeah. I mean <laughs> your 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 eye your eye test tells you something different besides what the stat sheet tells you. Doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk Phillies. Yeah, let's talk Phillies. Uh, a lot of new faces, uh, new pitching staff uh, in the bullpen, at least a whole bunch of new names. The, the, uh, they went with some rookies. They made the team. Moniak made the team. Bohm made the team. He's not a rookie. Stott made the team as a rookie. Um, it's going to be a real interesting uh, start of the season. I read that they play 23 games in 24 days coming out of the shoot. Wow. And that's why they carried all those young kids um, instead of an extra extra reliever. They brought an extra player. Well, you can go with twenty eight players total uh, up until right. the first week of May, which is good. They're gonna they're gonna need them certainly. 
Um, I like the fact that Mickey Moniak is actually looking like a real deal ball player. He got hit in the hand today, and x-rays were negative, which is good. Um, so Also now, hit another home run today. Yeah, number six. Six yeah. home runs by Mickey Moniak. Bryce Harper, what did he have, two today? He's got eight. Yeah. Bryce Harper is... I think going to have another big year, especially with those other sluggers with him, Schwarber and Castellanos and hopefully Reese Hoskins. So it's going to be fun. They're going to score a lot of runs, but we know there's concerns about the defense, but I think the offense will more than make up for it most nights. Some nights the defense might cost you. Some games the bullpen is going to cost you. You know that's going to be true, although the bullpen has to be better than last year. It can't be any worse, right? Yep. Well, here, here you go. I just want to tell you these new names. These are new names in Philly, most of them. Corey, Corey Nabel, Brad Hand, Jerry's Familia, Sir Anthony Dominguez, Jose Alvarado, Connor Brogdon, Bailey Falter, Nick Nelson, Damon Jones, and Christopher Sanchez. That looks like the bullpen that is coming north. We know... We know uh, Alvarado, we know Brogdon, we know Falter, we know Dominguez. Um, but they have five right-handers and five left-handers coming north. Uh, so it's definitely, and there's no uh, Nares on the end of that list <laughs> anywhere to to pitch the ninth inning and scare you to death. Hector, we're going to miss you. No, not yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's I'll tell gonna you. be interesting. Corey Knebel is good if he can stay healthy. He's always had a problem staying healthy, so that's going to be the thing to watch. But he was fine down in Florida this spring. And Sir Anthony Dominguez, of course, was the huge surprise because you never knew what he he was going to give you in terms of health. But he looked fine, throwing 97, 98 miles an hour. So, uh, yeah, uh, if those guys can keep doing that and stay healthy, the bullpen could be, should be significantly better than what we saw in the last two years. Yep. And uh, just just another quick list. Nola, Zach Wheeler, Kyle Gibson, Zach Eflin, and Ranger Suarez, not necessarily in that order, is who will be pitching for the Phils as starters. Which is fine. Now, Zach Wheeler will miss the first few days of the year, and it could be a concern. In the, he hasn't pitched in a game in spring training. Right. Uh, so his first start is going to be against real live major league hitters in a major league game that counts. So that's going to be something to watch. But I mean, Zach Eflin, on the other hand, was a very, very pleasant surprise. Originally, they didn't know if he was going to be ready until late April or early May. Instead, he's going out there and dominating. Nola gave up a few home runs here and there, but otherwise looked very, very good. Again, getting a lot of strikeouts, as he always mm -hmm. seems to do, which is good. Um Kyle Gibson is a typical fourth or fifth starter. He's going to be great some nights, not so great other nights. And uh, I, I like these guys. I, I think they should do well. Of course, I don't know what they have behind those five if and when one of them gets hurt. I don't know who they have ready to go in AAA. I don't right. know what's beyond them. So, you know, yeah, they're not going to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that they know. And especially, like we say, if they're going to play 23 games in 24 days, um, it's going to be a real challenge to keep everybody healthy uh, because these starters, are only, they're not going to be stretched out. They're only going to go five innings, yeah. maybe six innings. So that bullpen list that we were throwing out there, they're going to pitch a lot, um, you know, especially in the first month or month and a half of the season. 
So, Bill, are you, you ready to make your prediction? Yeah, let's go. Now, let me just say this. Um, Phillies went 82 and 80 last year, first time over 500 since, what, 2011. Um, I've seen over under win totals this year as low as 84.5 and as high as 87.5. The Athletic has them at 87 wins and a wild card spot. Um, our buddy James Seltzer, he and Jack Fritz, who we've also had on the show, did their High Hopes show on WIP this evening from 6 to 7, and I got their predictions. James Seltzer going 89 wins and winning the division by a game over Atlanta. I like it. Jack Fritz, who is always optimistic. James and I thought he might go like 100 or something, but no. (laughs) Jack went 91 wins and a postseason spot. So if either of those guys are right, I would love it. Uh, 89-91. What say you, Bill Furman? Well, I think I went 86 last year, if my memory serves me right, because I thought the bullpen would be better, and it collapsed again, better than the year before, and it collapsed again. Hmm. Um, I'm going to think it's going to be better again. Um, I'm going to go with 88. I'm going to go with 88. I'm going to go with them finishing second. Uh, with a chance to be in first. And I think, and I'll just add one more comment without getting into the Mets and the Braves. Uh, the the Mets have added a lot of pieces. The Braves have added some. But the Braves let Freddie Freeman walk, and I believe that is an awful, awful decision by them, not only on the field, but what Freddie Freeman bought to that organization. I see the Braves tumbling a little bit, oh. and I see the Phils and the Mets mutts fighting it out interesting well this is way too boring bill because i also predict 88 wins ah. for the phillies and a wild card spot i think they're going to finish a game or two behind the braves but ahead of the mets so i hope you're right i hope that they get the 88 wins and win the division that would be ideal um yeah. and by the way i did wager a little money on the over under for the phils the site that i use had them at 86 and a half I went over because I'm predicting 88, and I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be a good summer. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Chet. I'm going to go 89. <laughs> I'm going to go 89. Okay. They, they just got a walk-off from from uh, Bryce Harper, so I'm going <laughs> 89 just so we're not the same. So Okay. I can brag that I got the 89th win when Bryce hits a walk-off. How's that? <laughs> And are they going to win the division? Uh, it's still going to be tough. 89, yeah. 90, 91, 92 wins could, could happen. There's okay. some good teams. So 89 in the playoffs, and I said 88 in a wild card playoff spot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good stuff. We'll have, certainly have plenty more Phillies to talk about. They'll be going. Oh, why we have a minute? Uh, yeah. What's your plan for Friday? It's opening day. You're going to the ballpark. Uh, tailgate friends yeah there'll be a a major tailgate uh like we do every year when it's not covid impacted uh about 15 people or so gather um mike barnes brother bill and a whole bunch of other diehard phillies fans from years gone by that's not cowboys bill yeah it's cowboy bill okay but but we're all phillies fans so (laughs) just had to mention that yeah we don't we don't talk football (laughs) when we're there so yeah there will be beer there will be food there will be music 
and hopefully it'll all be followed by a Phillies victory. And by the way, did you see they have some new food items this year? They have the big piece, Ryan Howard, with his chicken venture that he and another guy started in Mount Holly. That'll be at the ballpark. And Manco and Manco Pizza, which is a popular item down the shore, they will have a concession stand at uh, Citizens Bank Park. And by the way, the, the chicken place that Ryan Howard is a part owner of will be on the concourse behind first base, of course, since that's where Ryan played all those years. Gotcha. And the, the Schmitter and Harry Decay's and all that, they're all still out there? Everything. I don't know if the right? Schmitter's there anymore. I'm not sure. Schmitter. Okay, and, the, and the bull will be there. I'm sure the bull will still be there, yeah. And Ryan Howard will be there, he said, several times this season to uh, say hello to fans, so that would be nice. Nice, nice. All right. Well, hey, Chad, great guest tonight in Dama, Paul Domowitz. Unfortunately, Tyrone wasn't able to make it. We'll get him rehooked up for the next time. So uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box next week? I have no idea. I got to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I put out I put out a, a feeler to a basketball guy and one to a football guy. Both first-timers. Haven't heard back from either of them. I emailed one yesterday, one today. Haven't heard back from either. So stay tuned. It'll well, maybe what you need to do is send them a little text message with the Ray Dittinger Diddy. Yeah. And that, and that will get them answering your messages. Hell yeah. I, I drop <laughs> Ray's name whenever possible saying that he's a frequent guest. That's right. That's right. All right. Hey, uh, Chet, we mentioned Villanova. Uh, made a good run to the Final Four. Ran out of gas. Uh, March Madness certainly did not disappoint. The tournament from beginning to end was pretty fabulous. All the way down to the last second. Uh, did you watch much of it? I watched here and there. Um, I watched much of the Villanova game Saturday evening before I went out and had a few brews. And unfortunately, I think the just more injury hurt them because they, they weren't very deep to begin with, and they just uh, you know, couldn't compete with Kansas. So glad to see the team that beat Nova did ultimately win it all. Yeah, well, and I'm not sure Justin Moore would have made all that much difference. I think Kansas was just better. I yeah. think if Villanova, you know, Villanova needs a big man. They need a they need a monster like uh, like Kansas had, and then it's a little different story. They were undersized, good team, good effort, nice job by Jay Wright. Uh, they ran out of gas. The Duke North Carolina game was a classic, uh, great stuff. And and Chad, I tell you, you know. You know how I feel about the NBA and the way the game has turned into a three-point fest. Mm -hmm. The further this tournament got going, it seemed like the the more the game got in the paint, the more they were banging around and playing old-school basketball. There were still threes mixed in it, but not everybody standing around the arc waiting for the ball to, to throw a shot up. And uh, to me, it was a much more it was much more entertaining basketball like I used to watch, yeah, and, and like so much back in the day. I know you like that. So how about that comeback by Jayhawks Monday night? They were down, what, 15 or 16 at the half, came back to win. Yeah. And uh, I was kind of rooting for them, not just because I put a little money on them to win with the money <laughs> line, but uh, I, I don't know. I just like them a little better than UNC. Yeah. And uh, and hats off to Mike Krzyzewski. Great career. Uh, yeah. Came to an end, unfortunately, losing two big games to North Carolina toward the end of the season. Uh, but what a, what a career. And uh, – He'll go down as one of the greats of all time forever. And again, congrats to Fran Dunphy taking over at LaSalle, the third Big Five team that he will have coached. And we got to say congrats to Don Staley also, the Temple alum and former Absolutely. coach who has now won a second 
national title down in South Carolina. So she got a machine. She got a machine going yeah, on good. down there in South Carolina. And there was some discussion on the radio the other day that she could be an NBA head coach at some point. She is that good. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Hey, uh, one, one other thing, Chet, about Fran Dunphy. I, I just have to throw this out. Uh, why? Why? Why for Fran and why for LaSalle? There's got to be a young yeah. up-and-coming coach well, uh, that could take that program and uh, – just I, I just don't get it. There's, there's some kid up there needing to be head coach and 70 whatever something Fran Dunphy took his job. Yeah, it's a shame because I mean LaSalle hasn't been a factor in anything for 30 years, so it's probably not gonna end well for Mr. Dunphy at LaSalle, no. but hey, we wish him the best. That's right. All Move right. along, Bill. Okay, let's uh thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia. On their Facebook page, so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. Parting shot for you tonight, sir, since we weren't able to fit in a random chat anywhere. No parting shot, Bill, but, you know, we lost three memorable people over the last several days. First of all, there was this lady. I was a big Seinfeld fan, and she was great. She played George Costanza's mother, and she's also the voice of Mrs. Potato Head in the Toy Story movies, Estelle Harris. Rest in peace, Estelle. Plus, a Philly legend died early yesterday. You know him. You love him. He sang about those wild, wild, wildwood days, among other things. Bobby Rydell, who still lived in Philly all these years later, he died Tuesday, three weeks shy of his 80th birthday. And from the basketball world, a longtime NBA coach, a University of Maryland alum, who led the 76ers to the NBA Finals back in 1977 against Portland and who many years later served as the Sixers GM. That would be the great Gene Shue. He died a few days ago at the age of 90. And as you can see, he was quite a dapper dresser as well. Way to go, Gene Shue. Rest in peace. <laughs> that, that was that 70s look, Chet. Yes, and, it was. And, yes, and it was. You, didn't, you didn't mention the passing of Will Smith uh, two Sundays ago. Since his uh, his what? career his career died <laughs> his career died, oh, died at the award show, so I, I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah, he'll he'll resurface. Trust me, he's uh, <laughs> he's going to be beaten down a little bit for a while, but he'll be back. Uh, that that was just for you. All right, wrap it up, Bill. <laughs> All right, let's thank tonight's special guest, Paul Domowitz, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com. PPCC 118 Raz Room and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester. For Jim Chesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Price Box Radio next Wednesday, April 13th at 7 p.m. You can listen to us live on Facebook, listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio and on all the other Google, Apple, and all the other podcasts that you can find. Look us up. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Sixers. And happy New Beers Eve, everybody. I hope the end. I-